Today we're continuing our message series, Beyond Good Intentions, and, and we're talking about more on a personal light, our family and our relationships. But as we get into that, you know, in our personal lives, in our growing up years, a lot of times we are taught and taught and taught the importance of personal finance, and even more importantly than that, we're taught in personal finance the need to develop a budget. Some of us do well, some of us don't always do so well. My dad, he was the money guy in the family. He took all the brain cells for that. I have no brain cells with money focus on it. He took all that. So he helps me out quite a bit. But you know, speaking of budgeting, you know, it's a very important thing. But we think about budgeting primarily in the area of finances, but have you ever thought about budgeting in the area of your life? In your personal day-to-day living, how do you budget your time? How do you budget your relationships? How do you budget your life? Because I think we make a big mistake a lot of times that we just wake up and we just go. And we let whatever happens on that day dictate how our lives play out. But my friends, budgeting our time and budgeting our life is just as important, if not more important, than budgeting your finances. Because if you don't, this world will suck you up, chew you up, and spit you out. And we'll just be living lives that are completely depleted and life-draining rather than life-giving. You know, when you develop your budget, the top two questions, whether it's financial or personal time, whatever it may be, the top two questions you need to ask yourself when you develop your budget are, what are my priorities and what are my goals? So in your day-to-day living, in your budget of time and relationships and everything that you do in your life, what are your priorities? What are your goals? What drives you? Because an honest review of our personal finances and our personal calendar gives us a pretty good glimpse into what our priorities are. And my friends, our priorities reveal our hearts. And all throughout the Bible, especially in the moments when Jesus is talking, he gets to the important reality that your heart matters. Who or what has your heart because it drives you and what you experience in your life ultimately goes back to who has your heart. And Jesus in Matthew 10 took this to an extreme level when he said these words. He says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Ouch, Jesus. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I read those words and I think, Jesus, you're getting a little bit harsh here. I mean, do you not care about the family? Do you not care about marriage? Do you not care about my children? I mean, why are you getting so harsh? Why are you trying to tell me to diss my family? And let me just be honest with you. He's not telling you to diss your family. He's not telling you to turn your back on your family. But he's telling you that if you don't make him the priority, you in turn are turning your back on your family. He's saying, I need to be the priority. 
And when we live our lives with priorities that are out of alignment, we get all mixed up. It's kind of like driving a car that's out of alignment. Have you ever driven a car that's out of alignment? It constantly is trying to pull you off the road. You're trying to stay on the nice, straight, uh, smooth pavement, but a car out of alignment is constantly, constantly trying to pull you off into the trees. And my friends, we're so beat down, worn down, overtaxed, living. Why? Because we are living lives that are out of alignment. We're not budgeting our times. We're not figuring out what are our priorities. And quite honestly, Jesus may be not a priority in many of our lives. He's a part of our life, but he's not our life. And there's a difference in the focus. There's a difference in the focus. It's kind of like living a life in a car that's being constantly pulled off the road. Now, please hear me out. Your family is important. My family is important. My marriage is important. My children are important. But Jesus is the priority. And if I don't live and lead my family in a way that makes him the priority, everything starts to get out of alignment. And before you know it, my family's being pulled off track and off course. You see, the more our calendar and our bank account is driven by our wants, our desires, and our hobbies of the home, or for us parents, the more our lives are dictated and driven by our kids' activities rather than Jesus, we're out of alignment. And you better be careful because the devil's going to work through that. I get it because I fight through it too. I have three boys and they have their activities and hobbies and, and it becomes very big and, and, the, and the calendar gets overwhelmed. But I can't allow that to become the driving force of our home. Jesus needs to be the prior, priority. Jesus is saying here in these words, make me the priority. Make me the priority. Not your activities, not school, not your job, not your hobbies, not whatever else you want to do in life. Make me the priority and everything else will fall into place. That's what he's saying. In those words we read. And what he reveals all throughout the gospel story is that when you make him the priority... There you find the path towards emotional health, spiritual health, life-giving living rather than life-draining living. That's what you find. You find real joy. Maybe you've seen this before. I've talked about it before. You've heard it uh, if you've listened to these messages. Let me repeat it. The, joy, the way to find joy is found in the acronym. You guys remember that? Jesus, others, then yourself. And all throughout the gospel story, the Bible reveals the true pathway to joy. You want true joy in your life? Stop making yourself the most important thing in your world. Stop making trying to please those around you the most important thing in your world. Make Jesus the priority. Then serve others, your family, your neighbors, the community that you live in. And then focus on you. 
And this seems countercultural because our culture teaches us and leads us, hey, we want to be happy. And the, order to, the way to be truly happy is how do you find yourself and how do you please yourself? But why in a world that's so focused on trying to be happy and focused on trying to make ourselves happy, we're so depleted, we're so drained, we're so unhappy more than any time in history? Maybe it's because we need to get the priorities back in check. I challenge you, if you don't live this way, make Jesus the priority of your life. Then after that, make serving others a priority of your life. And then fill in the gap of, okay, let me focus on what I want. Prioritize your life in that way. And I promise you that you'll start to find real joy in your life and in your home. Because this is the road to joy. This is the path to living in a way that is truly life-giving. And when we fail to prioritize our lives in such a way, to budget our life in such a way, and you have to budget it because if you don't, just like in your personal finances, if you don't budget, it's not going to happen, is it? Because you're going to become window shoppers. Hey, that looks good. Let's buy it. Does it fit in the budget? I don't know. But let's just buy it. I got the cash right now. And we need to budget our time that way too because you only, we're all only allotted so much time. We all have the same amount of time. And we need to budget well. And sometimes we say, Bill, I can't do it because my life is so busy. I hear that. But my friends, busyness is not a sign of a successful life. Busyness is a sign of a life that's out of control. And it's a sign of I need to budget better my time. If Jesus, who was the most busiest person in this world has ever seen, that every waking hour he's being pulled and called upon and chased down, he found time every single day to break away, to pray, and focus on the Father, I can too. I can too. And when we fail to prioritize this way, our life pulls off the road of what's life-giving, what God has for you, to a path that's life-draining. And I don't know about you, but I've been down that path where my life was just so out of budget, so out of whack, and it was just draining and draining and draining. I was like, I don't have time for anything. And I'm not happy. I'm not joyful. My life is just so depleted. And I had to make the effort, God, I'm going to fight to find time for you. I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to serve and watch what he begins to do. Do you want to live in a way that's life-giving? I'm sure you all do. We all do. Do you want to live in a way that brings spiritual and emotional and relational health in your life and in your home? Do you want your home to be a place that's a constant battleground? Or do you want a home that you walk into and say, this is a safe place. I am so happy I'm here. It is so life-giving. Or is it a place that's constantly just brokenness and brokenness and brokenness? We can't change the circumstances that happen around us. But we can change how we navigate through those circumstances. And the navigation is what matters. Make Jesus the priority. And then from there, 
My friends, we've got to make church a priority. Church is the community. Church is not this building. This building's amazing. But church is about the people that are in this place. That's what makes the church. This building could explode tomorrow and be gone. I hope it doesn't. But this building could explode and be gone tomorrow and we have absolutely no physical structure whatsoever. But you know what? The church is still alive and well because the church was never about these walls. The church was about you and me and all of us together. And we need to make this community a priority in our life. (coughs) You see, this is not just about something that we do when there's nothing better going on. And I think the more we have allowed ourselves to budget our lives in such a way that it's out of whack and other things become the priority, church becomes just something we do. You know, well, my kids have a sports game today, so I can't really make church this weekend. Or you know what? We were out late last night. We were kind of, we had a wedding. We had this, we had that, and we were partying. And, you know, it's just so much easier just to wake up tomorrow and be in my PJs. And I love the technology we have and for those of us to be able to watch at home. But that shouldn't be the constant because we need this community. We need this community. This community is where we find discipline and encouragement and strength because we were never made to be alone. Emotional and spiritual health is developed in community, not in isolation. And the more we isolate ourselves the more it just messes with us emotionally and spiritually and everything about us. We need this community. I I showed this graphic several months ago, and I think it's worth looking at again because this graphic shows how important community really is. This is a study that was done by Harvard University. I don't know if if you know this, but Harvard is not a Christian school, okay? Just want to let you guys know that. But check out the study they did a couple years ago. (coughs) Excuse me. There did a study that showed the importance of religion and spirituality. If you check this out in the top left corner in the red, you know, this shows the impact on health and happiness and how religion and spirituality play into that. Children who are raised in a religious or spiritual environment subsequently were better protected from the big three dangers of adolescence. That's depression substance abuse, and risky behavior. Go in the bottom quadrant, the blue and the green. Those who attend religious services regularly are 12% less likely to suffer from depression and are 33% less likely to use drugs. Go in the green. Those who pray or meditate frequently are 30% less likely to start having uh, sex at a young age and 40% are less likely to have an STD. Go into, into the other quadrant where you see the orange and the yellow. A religious or spiritual upbringing not only protects against dangers of adolescence, but contributes to positively overall quality of life that continues beyond the adolescence years. Those who attend religious services regularly are more likely to report high levels of happiness and 87% more likely to have levels of forgiveness in their life. You know what this is saying? Your kids need to be in church. They need to be in church. 
We need church to be a consistent activity in our life. Church needs to be a priority. Thank you, Dale. He's my hero. Church needs to be a consistent priority in our life. But what happens is when we don't budget our time well and make Jesus a priority in our life, then uh, what tends to happen then when Jesus is not a priority, then church gets moved down the layers of priority in our life. And then when church does not become a priority in our life, this community does not become a priority in our life. And we as a family then allow everything else in the world to become what influences us. My friends, our families needs the consistency of church in our life. You don't believe me? Harvard's even telling us that. We need church. We need to be together consistently. Not 1.2 times a month as the average of churchgoers in our country. We need to be in church consistently. Our family needs to be in church consistently. When church is the consistent priority, we find the disciplines and strengths for right living that increases emotional and spiritual health as individuals and as a family. It's not just biblical truth. The world knows it too. The world's seeing it. The early church showed this too. And this is what's said in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For, the, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur on one another towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day of approaching. Do you see that one line there? They struggle with it just like we do today. The Hebrews writer said this. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It's a, it's a reality of our lives throughout the history of mankind. We create a habit that pulls us away from church. And every generation, every society has something different that develops that habit. And I fear that the season that we just walked out of has pulled us more into isolation than community. And I'm just encouraging guys, now is the time. We need community. We need to get back and make this a consistent thing in our life. You know, bottom line, church needs to be consistent in your life, in your family's life. Parents, your children need the consistency and the discipline and the strength that this community provides that you will not experience in isolation or trying to do it on your own. This, this community provides the discipline, the strength, and the encouragement that we need because I don't know if you know this, but Generation Z, who's 20 years old and down into the teen years, is overwhelmed by the world. They're overwhelmed by the world and they are cultivated continually in their life through isolation and what all the influences in the world are feeding them. But if we don't make church a priority, we, our families, our children, and future generations are just going to continually be pulled off the road. My friends, now is the time. 
Now is the time to make Jesus the priority of your life and your family's life. To make church a consistent priority of your home. To make this community a priority in who you are as a person and as a family. And I promise you, Jesus will work through that. To bring joy in your life. To bring joy in your home. And so church cannot just be something you do. Church needs to be a part of who you are. Consistency is what needs to happen. These practices were kind of revealed through the early church in Acts chapter 2. Read this with me on the screen as I read along. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, how beautiful this is that through their practices, we see some key things that we can live out in our personal lives, in our family lives, that will bring joy into our home and to our life, emotional and spiritual health that will happen even more and more as you pursue Jesus. The first thing that they devote themselves to was the word. They devote themselves to God's word. And so the question here, in your home, are you having a daily encounter? Are you making it a budgeted time in your home, a regular priority in your household that you as an individual and you as a family get together to read God's word and pray? Because if you don't, the devil's going to work through that. Our hearts get hardened and calloused and we need that. So let me just encourage you. Find time each day. No, 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 no. Make time each day. Because if you don't make the time, it's not going to happen. Jesus made the time. You break away from the world. And you just be with Jesus. Just read his word. Whether it's just a chapter, a couple verses. And just pray. Just talk to him and take a moment to listen to him. If you're married... Why don't you start today, if you're not doing it already, to make it a daily habit where you just pull you and your spouse aside to break away from everything and just say, let's pray together. Let's just pray together. If you're parents with your kids, if you don't do this already, why don't you make it a daily habit to find, to make the time at some point today and each day where you just stop and pause and you just pray together as a family. Read the Bible with your kids. You don't have to be a know-it-all. Just be in his presence. Just be in his presence and let him work. In the church community, which is also your extended spiritual family, make it a weekly commitment that you know what I need this community not just this large gathering which is important 
But I also need to be in a smaller family within this larger family. I need to be in a growth group where I meet with other people on a weekly um, time where we just kind of dig into God's word, journey through life together, encourage each other, challenge each other, pray with each other. Are you in a group? If not, you need to get in a group this week. There's a table back there for our growth groups. You can see what's going on. You can sign up. We can follow up with you this week and help you find a group that works for you. But don't walk out today without making a growth group a priority in your weekly activities because we need each other. The more we try to go through life alone, the more the devil gets a hold of us. But the more we walk in community, the more we find the disciplines and the strength and the encouragement we need to get through each day. The next thing we see in the early church is that they devoted to each other. They were there for each other. And this each other is in their households, in the church, and in the community. So when you talk about your personal family, what do you do as a family just to be together? What do your meal times look like? You know, in the Bible, all the time, we see the importance of meal times. You know, when they gathered together and they ate together, they broke bread together, because it's at meal times where there's so much relational building that happens. Growing up, I spent a lot of time eating meals in front of the TV. With my family, we're not perfect, but we really try to make an effort where we, our meal times around the table. Because there's so much happens around the table. If you don't do this already, how about you make some effort this week to have some meal times as a family around the table. Slow life down and just be together. Talk, ask questions, see what's going on. Have fun. And what are shared activities you do as a family? I'm not talking about where you go sit on the sidelines for your kids' sports, that's important, that's great. But what are things that you do as a, as a family where you just go and let's have fun together? Maybe it's board games. Maybe it's going out to the movies together. Maybe it's going <clears throat> to a museum together. I don't know. Maybe it's going kayaking together. But what do you guys do as a family together? My friends, we must make time to be present with those in our home just as much as we need to make, take the time to be present with Jesus to, be, to lead us and guide us. Our presence matters. What are you president, presence in? What consumes your life? You know, in the church family, when we come here, we're not called to just be spectators, just to, to sit back and say, boy, this was a great service. We're called to participate because participation transforms our life. In the Hebrews passage, in Hebrews 10, it said we should not forsake meeting together as some are in the habit of doing why? Because in the first verse, in the earlier sentence, it said so that we can be a part of motivating each other towards good deeds. We all have a part to play to encourage each other, to build each other up. You have a role. And what happens in the lobby, a lot of times is so more important than what's happening right here in this moment. When we're there loving on each other, being there for each other, and in both family settings, your home and your church family, the priority of your presence is what matters the most. In your day-to-day -day life, what is your presence mostly in? Your work, your hobbies, what you want to watch on TV, 
social media? Or is it Jesus and the people around you? I'm encouraging you today, this week, to get our lives in line, to budget our time where we find time to be in God's presence and the presence of our family and the presence of our community, of our church community. Because presence drives determination. It drives us. And oftentimes our life is draining because we're driven by the things we're allowing ourselves to be present in that's everything that except for Jesus, our family, and the church. Finally, they devoted themselves to serving. You know, after the people in the early church committed to these things, it was at that moment that they saw the signs and the miracles. It wasn't before. It wasn't like, hey, God, show up, and then I'll serve. No, it's when they started to activate their lives to being devoted to God's word, being devoted to each other, and being present with each other, and meeting each other's needs, and then devoted to serving others beyond themselves. Then, at that moment, when they found true health and alignment in their life, God showed up in huge ways with signs and miracles. You want God to work in your life in the ways that he wants to work in your life? You want God to show up in big ways? Stop sitting in the background waiting for him to show up. Devote yourself to God's word. Be present with those people around you. Be present in the church community. Uh, serve others and watch what God does. God always shows up when we take the step towards him. God transformed lives through the people of the early church and he wants to transform lives through you as well. You know, serving is a huge part of moving beyond ourselves to experience what God wants to do in our life. And God, my friends, is doing amazing things here at Impact. He is moving. He is opening the floodgates in big and significant ways. We are seeing lives being transformed. More and more people are coming here to Impact to experience what God is doing here. Lives are being changed, which means we need you. We need you to be a part of this team that we can continue to see what God's doing, not just within us, but through us. And God wants to use your gifts, your passions, to transform lives through the people and through the community of impact. How can you be a part of it? Why don't you stop by the table at the back there. You can learn more about how you can be a part of the ministry and what's happening here at Impact. How God can use your gifts, your passion, and your, and your talents. But I know many of us struggle with confidence. We think, God can't use me. If I only fill in the blank, whatever that may be, then, then I can be ready for him to use me. Stop believing those lies. Stop believing those lies. Because when I read the Bible, none of those people were good enough. They were all messed up just like me. And God used them in great ways. God used their willingness and faithfulness. And that's all he's asking. Will you be willing and will you be faithful and watch what he begins to do? Look what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 1. He said, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He is the way maker. He's still working. When you see it, and in those moments when you don't see it, when you don't feel it, 
I promise you he is still working. But will you pursue him? Will you make him the priority of your life? Make church the priority of your life. Devote yourself to his word, to being present with those around you, to serving well. And God will give you the confidence you need. Pursue him and he will show up. And watch what he will do, not just within you, but through you. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we praise you because of how good you are. And Lord, in this moment, we seek you. May we just experience you and all that you provide. Lord, I know right now there are many people who are, many of us who are just struggling with life. And so often, like me, many of us are just living lives out of alignment. We're allowing other things to get in the way. But Lord, as, as it seems impossible with everything that's going on, help us to make and budget our time to be with you, to make you the priority, to make church the priority in our life, that we may devote to your word, devote to you, be present in the relationships that we have, be present in the church family, be present with you, and may we serve others. And as we develop these habits in our life, Lord, we just ask that you show up. And may we experience all that you have. It's in your name we pray. Amen.